Welcome to the Business Clubhouse Conversations with me, your host, Ash Taylor. I am joined today by, uh, I'm going to say old friend, but he's not that old and I'm not that old, but we've known each other a while now, um, Ron Mukherjee. Hello, Ron. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Ash, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. This is oh, great. Thank you. Thank you very much for taking the time out. I know how busy you are at the moment with your 17 businesses and your classic car companies. <laughs> You've got a lot ticking along in the background, yeah. which is great. Um, so look, just for the benefits of our listeners, do you want to give people like a brief, um, not the pitch, but just a kind of, you know, what, what is it that you do? Um, who do you do it for? Uh, and, you know, how do you help people if you like? So yeah, just kick off with that for us. Sure, Ash. So, um, there is a big problem in the UK and what I do is I help business owners get out of debt and I do that in two ways either that they have um, invoices outstanding to them so that's debt recovery or if you flip it around they owe a lot of money to creditors HMRC could be one of them other suppliers and so on and so forth and I help business owners restructure debt so those are my two core activities that I do um, and dotted along that is contract dispute resolution and also draft terms conditions as well. Excellent good nice and simple so how how did um, because you know on this podcast we, we, we like we like stories and we like talking to people and understanding you know why they do what they do so um, how, how did this all start for you why you know why why did you I, mean, I know you've been in restructuring for a long time but you were on the other side weren't you um, for a long time yeah. so, so yeah i i started my um trade you could say in debt recovery back in 2002 so 18 years in the wow business don't look old enough mate yeah <laughs> i know it's just the skin anyway forget that uh, <laughs> I, I've been doing this for 18 years and I started off working for Ford kind of thinking okay what do we do here and it's literally right at the very dark side of life um, repossessing people's cars uh, yeah I was one of those um, repossessing people's cars having an understanding of what problems people go through financially um, if that wasn't good enough, I moved on to mortgage repossession, repossessing people's houses. Um, and as, as time went on, I thought, okay, I'm in B2C. I understand how the, all the legislation works. I know what to look at when it comes to contracts, etc., etc. Um, I got some death threats, uh, you could say, on the back of it, because here I was taking away people's livelihoods. And uh, even though I wasn't out there doing the bailiff's job, or being the the door-to-door -door debt collector, I was still behind the phone or the one saying, right, <laughs> you're not going to have a house anymore, I'm going to repossess it. I was the one that clicked the button or pushed the button. I moved into B2B because I thought um, it's slightly safer. Um, but once again, you're still messing with people's livelihoods because it's a business. Yeah. Individuals create businesses and around them is basically well, the, the source of income. Um, but there's less regulation than it is in a consumer market as to, as there is in a business market. Oh, I didn't know that. 
explore that. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, you've got consumer laws that protect individuals um, as a business owner. Um, make sure you read your T's and C's because if you don't read it, you're stuck by it. Yeah. And um, this is what I've been doing for the last 18 years. The crux point came for me in 2009, 2010. Um, and it's basically the failings of my first marriage, which um, led to a huge amount of debt. I'm talking 195k worth of debt. Um, being in the profession that I did at that point, um, I couldn't be in debt. I was not allowed to be in debt. So <laughs> I remember applying for jobs and they'd always do a credit check on me. And in uh, by that time 2009 2010 i would fail credit checks i wouldn't be able to apply to mortgage related uh, positions because they're like sorry your credit check checks out and you're just not worthy of your finances yeah, not so, worthy of consideration based on uh, regulation yeah absolutely so i hit lots of brick walls um and I hit it hard and I was stuck. I had no idea how to get out of it. Uh, 2014 came along, which is when I set up my business. And as time went on, managed to realize that here I have a skill set where, yes, I'm on the opposite side, collecting debts. But now I find myself on the opposite face thinking, I can actually help myself get out of it and help others who are facing problems uh, get out of it as well. So that's basically a, a wow. kind of a brief history of how I've come full circle. So, so it's just fascinating stuff. Cause I mean, I, I know you pretty well and I've heard this story before and, and every time I hear it, I hear a little bit more and kind of read a bit more in between the lines and, and, and obviously, bit of a sensitive subject, but I'm guessing that when you were married and, and doing the job that you had, you, 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 as in Ron, couldn't get into debt. So reading between the lines, it wasn't you that put you into debt. That's right. So that, that, that must have been, I mean, obviously financially, but also emotionally incredibly difficult to deal with when, you know, you, you, I'm not saying it happened like this, but you come home one day and you're, you know, you go from being happily married and thinking everything's okay, and the next minute you've you've kind of not got married, and you've also got nearly two hundred thousand pounds worth of, you know, you know, in the red, and yeah. and that that affects severely your ability to generate any livelihood to be able to pay that off. That's uh, right. You know, it's, it's, you're kind of like in this catch twenty two situation. So, did it? Did it? How long was it before you kind of realised that? Do you know what I've been putting people in this situation? You know, potentially the job that I've been doing has been putting people in this emotional situation where, you know, we, we're repossessing homes, repossessing cars, telling people, you know, that, that was there. Do you remember there being a specific moment where you kind of went, Ron, what am I, what are we doing? Mm. Or, or, or did that never happen? And it was it just a sort of slow involvement? It was like a, it's like a boomerang. 
<laughs> You've been throwing all this stuff out everywhere and it came yeah, and smacked yeah. you around the face. Yeah, that's, that's basically that. It came back and hit me in the face when I was least expecting it. Because here I was on one side of the phone saying, right, let's instruct some bailiffs and off they go. Go and turn up at the doorstep, repossess this person's car. Turn up at someone's house and say, right, we've got a fort with order, which is a 14 day basically um, repossession order. Repossess the house, outcome your belongings. And uh, I had <laughs> house owners and car, you know, cars on finance call me up and say, you don't know what you're doing. One day it's going to come back and hit you. And I'm like, I just shrugged my shoulder saying, I don't know what you're talking about. Because I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. Yeah. But then fast forward all those years and then it's literally open the door and think, um, Mr. Mukherjee, we're here to take away your car. And I'm like, no, no, no. Are they talking to me? Yeah. Who are they talking to? So, yeah. and to kind of, be able to deal with it and think here I am in a profession where I'm being like an imposter. So to answer your question, it was not until it was too late that I thought, uh, <laughs> I don't get out of this. Yeah. Um, so how, how do you get out of this? How do you get out of that? How do you, how do you, cause you and I, for different reasons, but you and I have had a, you know, a kind of similar journey. And I think it's one of the reasons we get on so well. I, I've been, as rock bottom as I feel I can be in, in my life, if you like. And, you know, having lost my business and you know, every, everything that went along with that emotionally, you know, it's like losing a child kind of thing. And that was a difficult year for me. And I've spoken about it at length, so I, I won't today. But I, I kind of think, you know, I've got my own rules, if you like, that I kind of lean on for turning that around and, and putting myself where I am now. But you know, this this isn't about me. This is about you. So, what do you? What do you? How do you go from that position and turn it around and, and put put yourself into, you know, put yourself into the shoes of somebody who's now as respected and as and, and professionally competent and and successful as, as you are now, and, and doing good with it as well. Thank you. Um, I just remember back then, it's I'd have all these debt management companies saying, right need an income expenditure of you so i think start with that um if you're a business owner and you're thinking uh let me just kind of chip into that vat or corporation tax um account to take some money out um <laughs> yes we do live in changing times but pre-covid a lot of business owners did do that and then all of a sudden when the VAT quarter came round where HMRC are saying, right, can we have our money? And you're like, um, don't know what to do. And uh, Ash, you and I mutually know some individuals who've been through that and sure. have faced difficulties. So I'd say, number one, income expenditure for yourself. Uh, yes, you know, make sure your business cash flow is on top. You know uh, what to do with those numbers. If you don't, sit down with your accountant or like your good self a business coach and talk about it because if you don't know your numbers then how can you forecast not only your business numbers but your 
personal income as well. Um, a, a lot of individuals um, have buried their head when it comes to picking up the phone or sending an email because you know as a business owner you want to make those payments but you're very embarrassed you have this kind of relationship but you don't know how to go about it um i was I'm just going to just interrupt there because actually i think you put you you mentioned something that you and i've spoken about at length before and there's a couple of things actually you mentioned and, and they are linked but i am constantly constantly surprised at the lack of um, understanding of numbers amongst business owners and and i don't mean that you need to have a degree in statistics but just just a simple uh, basic understanding between the difference uh, between you know and i'm not joking here i i, I have met some business owners who have got you know, million pound plus turnovers who don't know the difference between gross and net profit and they've been operating their businesses for 10, 10 or more years now one what the hell is their accountant doing but two you have a responsibility to understand those things and i think it's linked with burying your head in the stand i think there are a lot and this may offend people some people listening to this but um I think there are a lot of people who kind of they feel a lack of education when it comes around to numbers or a lack of knowledge but at the same time they bury their head in the sand and don't step out and step up and and, and out of themselves and out into that you know out, out of their comfort zone to learn what they need to learn to keep themselves financially viable is that something you see a lot and is, is that part of the embarrassment that people are kind of going i should know this and I probably could have done it years ago. And if I tell somebody now, I'm going to look really silly. I think there's, there's two things to this, Ash. One is not only knowing your numbers, but know what you're signing up for. We live in a, okay. we live in a rush, rush world of, uh, I'm desperate for that loan. I'm desperate for that money. Mm. But the small print is your business is responsible for the debt. But sometimes you might be as well. Mm. I I had one last week, uh, week, sorry, week before, a fintech lender. All they said was a very simple statement at the bottom of this contract, which says, I'm personally responsible for the debt. But they thought it was going the business name. So when the business went bust, they hadn't realized that all of a sudden they're responsible for they have a personal liability. Personally liable for 80, 90K worth of debt. Mm. They thought, oh, business is going under. They'll go with the business. Yeah, Not I've got, I've got a limited company. It's all wrapped up in that and I can walk away. Yeah. yeah. Knowing your numbers is key, but knowing what you're signing up to is, it goes hand in hand with that. Mm. And uh, if you're unhappy with something on the contract, negotiate it out. So here's, here's something for you. Um, as a consumer, you have to go through a lot of rigmarole to ensure that you know what you're signing for. So there's no undue influence when it comes to contractual law. As a business owner, if they say, here goes a piece of paper, sign it. The onus is upon the business owner to ensure that they go and get legal advice. If they don't and sign it, tough. Mm. They can't get out of it. Whereas as a consumer... I think there's a cooling off period of 14 days or whatever it may be. So therefore, 
if a consumer reads it and they're like, oh, I need to get out of this, they can. Business owners can't. So what, so what that, I just find it, I find it fascinating that there isn't that protection there. So as business owners, what would you say are the, the key things to do to protect yourself? I mean, you started talking about this a couple of minutes ago, I interrupted you, but what are the, what are the key things to, 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 to put in place to give yourself the best chance of minimizing your risk in terms of going into, into debt? What are the must nots and what are the musts? Okay, so say for instance, for your owed invoices, make sure you have credit control processes in place. So if you're not chasing yourself because you're busy, then make sure you outsource that to someone who knows exactly what they're doing when it comes to chasing debt. Um, having a reporting mechanism in place, so therefore they report back to you on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis to let you know how the, the how it's, how's it going. Uh, relationship is key. Make sure you don't chase the debts yourself um, because it can just muddy the, the waters somewhat. Well, just, you know, going back to my old business, I, I remember sort of thinking, you know, we had six, um, I think at the time it was six contracts, clients, whatever you want to call them. And for about a four month period, we were probably losing 160, 170 pounds a week on each venue now um that's fine but and i could manage and budget for that but it was compounded by the fact that on top of that there was always a couple of hundred pounds per venue outstanding in terms of cash so it, it was it, it it although we were making a loss we also had a cash lag now if i had somebody chasing that cash on a more regular basis and getting it in it would have made a big difference to the amount of cash we had in the bank and our ability to operate and pay wages, for Absolutely. example. So that, that's what you're talking about there, aren't you? It's, yeah. it's just making sure that you, you are, because the compound effect, and it's only 120 quid, yeah, times six yeah. every week for six months, <laughs> it starts to add up, doesn't All it? All of a sudden you've got two, three K uh, deficit, which you like thinking, oh my God, where, 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 where did that come from? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, whereas, so therefore on the flip side, you're looking at a cash flow forecast, looking at all the numbers and it's ticking along and you then you tick it off. And most business owners don't do that. This, I don't know why. I mean, I'm not saying all of them. So I'm mm, talking no. about my clients. Yeah. Um, I hope we're not talking about mine. <laughs> <laughs> but when you sit down, you basically start ticking off the numbers and you think, oh, okay, there's a deficit here, not breaking evening here, making a loss here. And then you start looking at those numbers and it's like, okay, Look at your suppliers. Um, I talk about this all the time. Uh, insurance, you know, you get your professional insurance, your indemnity insurance or li liability insurance. And then what do you do? Like car insurance, you think, okay, I just let it tick along and the insurance premiums go up and up and up. And before you know it, you're paying, I don't know, let's just say you're paying four, 500 quid a month. And you're thinking, oh, it's insurance, I need that. Mm. But if you don't shop around, that could go down by half yeah so it's looking at those ongoing suppliers do you, do you think do you think people would, in businesses don't treat their kind of ongoing costs like that the same way they would uh, with their sort of energy bills at home or their car insurance at home? because every every you know the one thing that comes in people get their car insurance bill don't they and every single year they go well, that's gone up i'm going to look somewhere else and it's the one thing we always look at isn't it? it's car insurance 
Yeah. But are you saying that people don't tend to do the same with their businesses? It could be because there's so much going on. They're so good and passionate about doing the do that all the side bits tend to get forgotten. Mm. And unless you're sitting down with your accountant to say, right, let's do a line by line analysis of what the spend is here, then you just don't know. I remember that when I'm restructuring debts, I basically take uh, business owners through a cash flow forecast and we go line by line and I'm like, okay, what's the spend? What's this about? Are you getting value for money? If you're not, then let's, let's do away with it. Or if you're stuck in a loan, um, what can you do? What options are there? Can you get a payment holiday? If you can't get a payment holiday, then can you return the equipment and basically try and wash your hands of the loan? So therefore you have a short liability outstanding. So looking at ways of thinking, okay, I've got all these loans. I've got all this stuff. What can I do to reduce it without it affecting my personal credit history? Because what business owners are doing is just to make the business float without looking at, okay, my bad debt ledger or looking at what they owe to the creditors. They start thinking, I know what, let me go get a credit card in my own personal name to lend yeah. against the business. Yeah. And are they ever going to get that back? No, never. Mm -hmm. no. Um, so it's literally look at your processes, put things in place, speak to a specialist and ensure that you get the guidance and the training and the help to, be able to do that if you don't know what you so i was going to say that you know it, it doesn't even have to be and i'm not dismissing your skill set at all here because i know your ability to do this stuff and look through numbers is um, far greater than mine and you've got uh, a lot more experience of sort of looking at a balance sheet and a PL and a cash flow and, and, and looking for the danger signs and the, and the warning signs if you like but it's 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 not difficult even if you're brave enough to take your numbers, to take your cash flow and just put it in front of somebody objective who's going to ask those questions. I mean, we, we went through a process, you know, in the business clubhouse, one of the, uh, the, the modules we have is, I think, I can't remember, you know, which module it is, but it does talk about numbers and looking at where your costs are and stuff. And, and we got um, an email ooh, two, three, four weeks ago, or about a month ago. Now. I'm losing track of time. We're so busy at the moment. Um, somebody had completed that module and had managed to save themselves over £700 a month of stuff they just weren't using in their business. Now, that, that's, what, eight and a half grand a year. You know, yeah. it has a car. That, that that's that yeah. you know that that is, it's not maybe a classic car it's probably two classic cars <laughs> um you know it's 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 five season tickets at arsenal it's you know there there are it's um <laughs> there are there are lots of things there are a lot there are lots of things it could be but eight and a half grand in your own pocket is fine and, and it was just apps and bits and pieces that they just weren't getting any return or they bought three months ago and they just never used it and never got round to it and it's you know the, the free trial had expired and it had gone on to the next you know the, the, the 30 pound a month it's only 30 quid a month or 20 dollars and it adds up it was 700 pounds a month mm -hmm. and it's yeah. just how, how do you not see that go out of your account yeah the the, the the top tip on that would be as soon as you buy that product as soon as you are aware of the expiry date put it in your calendar mm two, three days before it expires, put it in your calendar to review to say, ah, you cancel that. Yeah, unless I'm using it and getting a return, which Absolutely. is fine, then it's not Absolutely. a cost, it's an investment. It's, you know, you're getting an ROI on it. Yeah.
Yeah. Uh, so, so I wanted one of the things I want to ask you then is, you know, what's your kind of, um, you know, in recent years with all this experience, what's your what's been your greatest kind of small business? That's our predominant audience, but our greatest small business, uh, your greatest small business result, if you like, just give us give us a sort of. I know you can't use names, and that would be unfair. Um, but use names, no, 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 I know you can't. But just if you, if you can just kind of tell us very briefly the kind of where this person was, what you did to help them and, and where they are now, how it's kind of, you know, transformed the position that they're in. Um, it's an individual that, you actually know him as well, Ash, but it's, it's an individual uh, going through a lot of tough and testing times. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a fantastic um, MD actually and uh, to be honest the MD's like Ron just sort it out and uh, left me to it Um, it, you know the debt figures were anything between just below 100 to 150k outstanding Um, they instructed me back in March, but look, we've had coronavirus as well. So yeah. things have been a bit of a standstill, but I usually turn things around within about three or four months. And the bulk of it is now resolved. There's mm. like 5% left. Yeah, we're about 5% left to resolve. Wow. Wow. But effectively, it's if it weren't for me, knowing the numbers, working through the income expenditure, working through the cash flow, negotiating with the creditors you know the, the, the in came a dispute saying all right you've breached this we're now going to go and take legal action i'm like hold your horses then have uh, ccjs turn up through the doorstep and then me issuing a defense on the behalf saying oh you know let's try and save some face and work out restructure plans and i managed to stop two or three ccjs that have landed through the door saying right we're going to literally issue a ccj against you if they had that ccj on their credit file forget it yeah they would not be getting loans they wouldn't be getting things on finance because even overdrafts and the rolling credit no forget like it that. because yeah. that ccj will prevent them being able mm. to move forward and this particular individual he's so successful and um you know he's great at what he does and i've managed to take that headache that stress that pain away from him restructured it so therefore it's not gone away you know but it's manageable manageable. it's been managed there's now structures in place so therefore they can get on with the day-to-day and just just carry on you know being happy knowing that that's one less stress being taken care of so i can get on with my day-to-day I think yeah, for me, this that, is that, tough enough anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, or another one of my clients where he was owed just shy of 90k. <laughs> um, and he, he'd already, he'd <laughs> already um, folded one of his companies in the past. So he set up again and literally within 18 months was faced with this huge new dilemma of not getting paid and he's like Ron what do I do 
once again sat down with the creditors and this this creditor was a huge bank managed to find a way forward you know start kept on negotiating kept on being on the back the business owner didn't have time to do that he was so stressed out bless him because he was like oh my god i can't i can't pick up the phone and be shouted at mm. so once again you know i i literally said don't take, worry take that pain away yeah yeah, yeah. it's a really interesting one so um look just uh kind of bringing this to close a little bit because I think we could talk about this stuff all day before even getting on to Arsenal um, properly and classic <laughs> cars and stuff like that. Um, yeah. not, not as everybody knows, I'm not an Arsenal fan, but yeah, I know you are. Yeah. And uh, your, your, um, the question I want to ask you, I ask everybody, you know, if, if you could go back to, you know, the day before you started your, your business, you know, when you have that moment, and you, you, you know, I can help other people and, and obviously I can't get a job. So what I'm going to do is set, set up on my own and, and, you know, figure it out that way. If you could go back to uh, back in time, you know, get in your little space bubble or whatever it is and wind the handle up and zoop back to time and, and meet that Ron of, what, six years ago now. And, and it's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> but yeah. you could go, go and meet Ron, you know, six years younger and you've got, you know, one minute with Ron and it's, you know, it's you and him in a chair in a room, two chairs and you sit there and, and you can wag your finger at that Ron and say, look, Ron, you're about to go on this journey and I've been on it already. What, what one piece or two pieces of advice would you give that Ron knowing what you know today? So I'm going to share something interesting with you that you probably don't know. So I set my first business in 2006. Um, it was part-time. It didn't last. Completely different industry. 2010, I set up another business because I was made redundant and couldn't get a job because, as mm -hmm. I mentioned previously, so, and that went belly up as well. Um, 2014, I'm like, right, I'm going into this a third time. I don't want to do what I did last time. What do I do now? And... In all honesty, they need to get a business coach, someone like you, you know, like you, Ash, um, who has, uh, for me, it's about, they, they are, um, have been in business themselves. So for me, one of the keys was you had been in business and that's why, you know, I'd gone with yourself because someone who knows it has worn the t-shirt um, and the shoes and uh has always the shoes always <laughs> the shoes and it slipped up many many times so knows not that many times but a couple of times you know yeah but um <laughs> has been through that knows the pain points knows what business owners need to be doing to be able to move forward um you you mentioned early on what's one of your frustrations with the industry that i'm in I remember when I first came into the industry, debt collection agents are very bullish, very down you in your face, in your face, arguing with you. Um, they treat you like a criminal. And that's mm. one of my biggest hates of the industry. You're not a criminal. You're just a, just a human being who has had some knocks in life and you're trying to get out of it. Not to be told by someone else that you owe money, pay it if you don't pay it end of story and i know once you called me the nicest debt collector there ever was 
that's your term ash but what i found is i wanted to carve something different for myself for the industry that i represent not to be that bullish cowboyish arrogant in your face kind of debt collector but to do things in a different way and i found it so difficult for a long period of time to try and craft my message um and that's when you know speaking came into it uh because i was thinking okay what can i do differently how can i change the face of my industry um my industry now has credit managers and other debt collection agencies out there and dare i say it they're still bullish because in corporate life that's how they've been but i've been on both sides of the fence so i kind of know that if you don't empathize with clients if you don't empathize the the problems that they face then you're never going to get to the end of that problem you're never going to come up with that solution mm. so for me get a business coach or if you don't know a business coach then speak to a friend who has been in business and knows what they're doing yeah don't do it on your own don't do it on your own ron it's really clear to me and i hope people listening how passionate you are about what you do um you know, it's clear that your journey has taken you to, uh, you know, a, a great turning point where you're now in a position to kind of, you know, help people. So if anybody is listening to this and, and they're either owed, you know, owed money or worse, you know, they owe money, I guess. I don't know if any either is worse because one often leads to the other. Um, but if, if they are in that position there and, and this, you know, this discussion has helped them maybe realise that they are burying their head in the sand but there is hope and that they can do something about it. What, what's the best way to have a conversation with you? Because I, I know that you'll, you, you, you will talk to anyone if, if they you know, need a conversation and need some help to just, even if they don't use you, but just to point you in the right direction. So, you know, what, what's the easiest way to, to get hold of, you know, Ron and have a chat with you if, if that's how they're feeling? Yeah. Um, they can call me um, on my mobile, which is 07792429601, or visit my website, www.ronmukherjee.com. Um, and it's simple. You know, there is a contact me form on there, fill it in, and I'll get in touch for yeah. a free, um, free no obligation chat for 15 minutes or so. Brilliant. No problem. Talk to Ron is the, is the thing to do, isn't it? Talk to Ron. Your cash flow goes wrong, make sure you talk to Ron. <laughs> I love it. Ron, thank you so much for coming in. We'll put your details on the bottom of the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Yeah. Um, I, I hope that um, people have got something out of this. And uh, I, I know, you know, I learned something today, so I'm, I'm sure people will have learned something as well. Thank you, mate. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, Ash. Thank you. I'm not going to do that.